Words are powerful. Just like this microphone, right? Yeah, they are. They're very powerful. Words can influence the way we feel or influence both in positive and negative ways. Words can be used to incite wars or to negotiate peace. Words can be used to instill fear and to elicit courage. Words can be used to hurt. And words can be used to heal. Words can inspire us to establish a code of ethics or set our moral compass as we journey through life in relationship with others and with the world around us. I work as an interfaith and interreligious chaplain, hospital trained to offer emotional and spiritual support to patients, their caregivers, their family members, friends, and also the medical staff of all faith traditions and non-traditions. And as an interfaith chaplain, I often ask people who say that they were once of a particular religious tradition and saying that they have none at the present time, I ask them, what words serve to guide how to live your life? What words shape your moral compass and serve as a beacon to guide or to inspire you to what you find as sacred and as valuable in this life? And whether or not a person has a faith tradition, many folks do identify as having some sort of spiritual practice or a moral code or a life philosophy which they uphold values that guide them in their life's journey, especially at times of crises. As a person raised in the tradition of Jesus, I strive to live his words, to love one another as I have loved you. These words to live by are not very easy to do. And to be a follower of Jesus, as we've heard in today's Gospel by Luke, we must give it our all at the risk of losing all securities, food, shelter, family ties, and affection. Loving one another is difficult because it also means loving those who hate you praying for those who may persecute you. And this is hard to do because many times we hear words that hurt, words that are used to cause pain or suffering or instill hate. And words can vilify and demonize a person or a group of people. Recently, Words have been used to vilify a people, immigrants mostly, mostly from Central America, portrayed as fearful monsters intent on invading their way through borders of the United States, it's to steal jobs from citizens, property and benefits, and bringing with them threats of increased crime, and to ultimately bring the destruction 
of our country. We have seen this vilification of the other in the recent past. In the early morning hours of June 28th in 1969, a scream in defiance yelled out these words, come on you faggots, let's riot. These words ignited the Stonewall riots, which lasted for three days. These are strong words. Contained within the cry, a slur. A slur used to hurt and to denigrate people. People like me. And it was this slur, this hurtful word, that was reclaimed by members of the community that night to galvanize them into liberation. Fifty years later, we celebrate every Pride weekend, as we do today and yesterday, how the words and the work of many LGBTQ forebears have paved the way of freedom for future generations to come. And my husband Michael and myself and so many others are included as beneficiaries of these words and works. Words are indeed powerful. And words can also be used to heal, to bring us back after being lost. Michael and I were both raised in the Roman Catholic tradition. And after coming out and partnering with each other, we sought to find a faith community because we find it important to us. 16 years ago, on Pride Sunday, Michael and I, in our search to find a faith community, had heard good things about the Episcopal Church and how receptive it was and has been to the LGBTQ community. Michael and I uh, actually thought of going to St. Gregory of Nyssa but then didn't because we didn't want to have to bother with the hassle of going through the bridge <laughs> that day. And uh, by chance, we arrived late uh, to the 10 o'clock service here, where the rector at the time, the Reverend Andrew Wongley, was receiving a blessing from the clergy and from the congregation. We were stunned even more so when Father Bill Fay called up Jonathan, Andrew's husband, and their two children, Mary and Luke, to also receive a blessing. Michael and I have been here ever since. <laughs> the words to live by that have inspired me to live as a Christian have been expressed to me and to Michael by many of you here at All Souls. The words, you are welcome here. You belong here. And because Jesus' words and call to love one another expressed to us by many of you, our parish family, 
I continue to be inspired to be a better person, a better Christian, a better human and better child of God that I can possibly and most authentically be. My life isn't perfect. Far from it. But I am comforted by the fact that I do not make my attempts to live a good and faithful life by words and actions all alone. This journey is a constant process of living the mandate to love one another and to love even those who may hate us or may vilify us or may say or do things to hurt us. To love one another is to do the work of recognize, recognizing our common bond as children of God. This is our invitation from Jesus today. And today we are asked not to delay. So for today and this time, I ask you, what valuable words to live by and actions shown to you inspire you? What is your moral code to shed light that there are no real monsters, just people like you and me seeking for a better life? What powerful words help you, like a guiding star, to see the beauty of who and whose you are? What powerful words can help and inspire you to see how much you are truly loved.